Welcome to the Pleasure Talks podcast, guys. I'm so excited for you guys to be here yet again. We have a super juicy podcast episode with the amazing Maya. She's an incredible advocate for not only cannabis, but also for endometriosis. She's also been featured in Chatelaine and other big publications, but this is such an important topic. You know, cannabis isn't, cannabis and sex just isn't about pleasure. It's also about pain and all of those things that go in between. So I'm so excited to have her share her own story with us. Because as you know, this is an incredible platform for you and us as a community to share our cannabis and sexual health stories. You never know what you're going to find out. or You never know who you can help. So I'm so excited to jump into this one. But before we do, as a disclaimer, as we do at the beginning of every single episode, we're not here to treat, cure, or diagnose anyone. We're just here to share these wonderful, very powerful, impactful stories with you all. So without further ado, get your joints, papers, and bongs ready and let's sesh. So how are you doing today, Maya? I'm so happy to be here. Like you, I'm so fangirling over you. So how are you doing today, love? (laughs) My God, that's so ridiculous to me because I feel the same way. But thank you for having me here. (laughs) Um, This is like such a I'm so excited I started listening to your podcast last year so to be on it is for fun um yeah I'm great I'm you know getting ready to smoke a joint and talk about sex what could be better hell yeah exactly <laughs> I was just saying to my I was like there's no better way to end my night you know let's talk about no. pussies <laughs> yes please <laughs> All right. So what are you smoking right now? I'm curious. Um, I have a blueberry kush. My buddy mm. brought back for me from um, a reservation in Ontario. So he like went out, uh, was visiting friends and brought me back gifts of blueberry kush. And it's blueberry really so nice. good. And like we have so such good. good blueberry genetics too in Canada. So yeah, it's tasty. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, it's a nice one for the evening. Are you but yeah (laughs) that's great which brings me to my first question i'm curious with your journey that you've shared and you write on um you know how did you personally discover cannabis yeah i mean well i mean it's kind of a bit of a long like as a teenager you know like 16 smoking pot with my (laughs) friends and um i really just kind of like for a long time i think i just loved it you know like I would smoke to get high and not realize I think that I was kind of you know medicating maybe um but yeah I was like a fucking pothead forever (laughs) like you know every relationship I had um and yeah it kind of it's evolved a lot since then obviously but uh you know we've been together for a long time that's amazing (laughs) yeah I could definitely relate you never know because some people start young you know like later in life but I love hearing these journeys of how they find cannabis and 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 their relationships with Mary Jane because it's so fascinating we all have and lean on her for different reasons Uh, and that's why I'm really curious about you because with your journey on having endometriosis I'm so curious Mm -hmm. so you know how and when were you diagnosed with endometriosis because you know for the Mm -hmm. people who are listening in the audience just so you guys know a crazy fact about it is that it takes on average eight years to be diagnosed eight 
whole years. That statistic has always mm-hmm. stuck with me since I've heard it years ago, but that just makes me so sad and angry, <laughs> not really sad, incredibly mad on how it would yeah. take eight years of a person suffering to fully, you know, be listened to. So I'm curious to yeah. when that was for you. Oh yeah. I mean, it's very, you know, depending on where you are, you know, it can be anywhere from like five to 12 years, you know, it's very, but mm-hmm. like most people, you know, my story starts when I was 12 years old. The first time I had a period, you know, I was wow. immediately going to, you know, the ER and going to my doctor because I just like my parents couldn't understand why I was in so much pain. And you know, when I was 15, it was like, boom, birth control for you, mm-hmm. you know, no looking into it, nothing. Um, so like a lot of people, I just kind of like went on, you know, going to see doctors, dealing with pain, dealing with all these different things and like constantly having people be like, no, you're fine. This is normal. Try this, try this. Like there was a you know, the number of Advil that I took at one point in my life, you know, I think is just outrageous. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so I, it wasn't until I was 23 that I found, like, literally read a magazine article in Glamour, like, <laughs> this was like 2010. And yeah, I was just reading this. It was about endometriosis. And I had never heard that word before in my life. Mm. And I have been going for 11 years to doctors with pain and all of these issues and all of them were telling me that it was fine and that it was normal um like it so was your cramping I, or periods as it yeah like yeah ridiculous. and um you know like I would I would be blacking out sometimes when I had my mm. period from pain but like you know this was 50, almost 20 years ago you don't talk about it then the same way we do now Mm -hmm. um but so once I found that article I literally just took the magazine this like glamour to my doctor's office and I was like I have this disease how like help me and um they were like no no you don't have it the only way you know that that can be diagnosed is by surgery and I was like okay give it to me then I want surgery and they weren't gonna give it to me they told me I was fine. They told me keep taking the pill. And I like bullied my way into it. Um, so in 2011, I had surgery and surprise, they found endo. Can so, you, uh, do you mind me asking how old you were at the time? Yeah. So I was 24 when I had surgery. So it was almost a year from like starting so from to 12 to, my, to 24. To yeah. Wow. And like, and the last year of that was like me trying to convince my doctor now that I finally knew what endo was, that this is what I had and like, you know, will you help me? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And um, so, yeah, it's really strange too, because I just, there's like, this was 10 years ago now and it's very different. Like there was little to no aftercare, you know, my two week surgery follow-up, it was kind of, okay, stay on the pill and you'll be fine. And then I never saw that doctor again. Yeah. So, you know, anyway, here we are. And now I'm 34 and uh, still there. 
still kicking. Two yeah. surgeries now I've had. So, um, yeah. Thank you for sharing this story. I think that this story deserves to be shouted from the mountaintops. Because I, the reason why I started Pleasure Peaks is that I used to work at a chronic pain clinic in Toronto. And one of my first patients had endometriosis. And I was like, endometrio what? Like, what is this? I've never heard of it. I've never heard (laughs) of an ailment that affects, you know, 10% of the population, which is insane. Uh, This is a huge demographic of people that are suffering. And it's huge. Like if you think of one in 10, one in 10 is cancer. There's not a single person on this planet that doesn't know what cancer is. It's not affected, yeah. you've gone so many years of extremely having like all of those ailments (laughs) and still not being able to be found. Absolutely mind boggles me. All of that. And I still hear stories like this. It's insane. So for those listeners that are listening, know that you're not alone and know that you probably do know someone with endometriosis. It's not something that you could see usually, you know, obviously it's, um, never, it's really the endometrial tissue that can be found in all sorts of the bodies now. Like usually it's in the uterus and, uh, which is why we have a lot more painful periods but now we're finding it in like the lungs in the digestive tract as it's it's an interesting thing that needs a lot more research for sure um yeah it's actually one of the things I think mm -hmm. not to like be this person but um one of the things especially right now during like endometriosis awareness month during March and stuff is a lot of new like information you find about it says will tell you that like endometrial endometriosis is you know the lining of the uterus but it's not it's not the same exactly and so which yeah so I think that kind of removes it as like yes it causes painful periods but like I have endometriosis in my rib cage so You know, there, like you said, there are people who have it on, like it affects my lungs. There, it's been found in the brain. It's been found in the nose. It's been found in every single organ in the body. Um, and it destroys people's lives. <laughs> I think I read an article, I think, where it took on average $8,000 out of your paycheck every year because of the things oh, that God. you have to pay as a person with endo. Yeah. Losing a lot of work is a really common thing that a lot of yep. people deal with, right? Um, oh, you know, yeah. access to a lot more pharmaceutical products, you know, a lot more cannabis, that's for sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, yeah. um, there's uh, a lot of other things, you know, Advil, so many other things that go into and like losing work, you know, and like, like these oh, are God. things that <laughs> happen monthly for vulva carriers so if you think about it it's incredibly impactful on a person's life and you know something that I always say is if you don't have a healthy sex life you don't have a healthy life period and you know that's not saying that whoever is suffering doesn't mean you have a healthy life but it means that there it is incredibly integral for your body to its best ability to have those sexual experiences, which kind of gets me to my next question. (laughs) So how has endometriosis truly affected your sex life in all the ways? Because I know, I know it's definitely multi-layered. Oh yeah. It's, um, sorry, I'm coughing and smoke it up. Smoke it up with us. (laughs) Sorry, everyone. Um, honestly, it's like completely changed it. You know, I, 
I for so like I was always was experiencing painful sex in relationships, but I didn't know that that wasn't supposed to be a thing Mm -hmm. because I wasn't taught in school that sex shouldn't be painful. Um, So, you know, I would say for a long time, like being on the pill kind of helped, but it really just masked a lot of stuff. So about five or six years ago, when I sort of stopped taking hormones because they were really messing with me, um, when Anendo came back, that was sort of when everything started to go downhill and like my sex drive gone. Like after going off the pill and sort of having surgery, like I gained 50 pounds in less than six months. You know, I was having all of these kind of like post birth control symptoms and not to mention just like, boom, all of these endo endo symptoms coming back. So not only was sex painful with my now ex, (laughs) but um, like my body had changed so much that I was like, what the fuck? Who is this person? I don't know how to use this body. Like it hurts. I don't know what it likes. I don't know. I don't want anyone to touch it. And so it just, yeah, I mean, at the time I was in a long-term relationship with a cis man and at like, I don't know, there was a point we didn't have sex for a year probably. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just like, it really makes you feel worthless. Mm -hmm. and awful and you know especially when you're in a relationship with a cis man there's like certain expectations that society places on people so in that sense it was like because I wasn't the same kind of like super sexual carefree like person that I was when we first met it just it like destroyed us (laughs) in so many ways so you know and then there's like a there's like guilt that comes along with that so it's it's so much more than like just having physical pain during sex because it just it takes you out of your body because you don't want to be in it because it's not doesn't feel good and like fuck that sucks there was a point in the last few years where I was like, okay, I guess I'm just gonna live in this like sexist relation sexless relationship with somebody who yeah. resents me because like no one else wants me. I'm like worthless. I can't even have sex. I can't even like look at myself in the mirror or you know, it's um yeah, so I'd say she like pretty decimated. <laughs> it's so mind-boggling and I think you hit the nail on the head and and what I said is that it's so multi-layered it's not only the pain it's not only the diagnosis it's also us as vulva carriers and what society has put on us and you know what cis relationships have put on us on top of it and the expectations and the relationships and you your body and you and your body and all of these different things and the feeling of like feeling worthless or you you know the expectation to provide provide this service and and I say this with quotes but it's um and I think that's what made me so compassionate is that I couldn't imagine being in such a situation but the fact Mm -hmm. that there are so many in this situation and we still don't Mm -hmm. know about it 
that's what kind of gets me crazy because we have young vulva carriers going in school and going into reproductive health and they're still teaching abstinence. And, you know, if we're yeah. still teaching all of these like ridiculous things um, and not Fuck. teaching them sexual health, like this, this silences vulva carriers and, and, mm-hmm. and women. And it's really, it's really sad that we've put them in this position for generations and we're still not doing enough research there is some research coming out about endometriosis slowly and surely of course there's not enough on cannabis and and endometriosis a thousand percent so we're trying to change that here at pleasure peaks we actually give out a ton of free products for anyone suffering from endometriosis fibroids through our pleasure labs initiative um we need to do this work it's absolutely insane so thanks for sharing your story because it's incredibly Mm -hmm. vulnerable it's you know nobody wants to feel this way it's the bodies no. that we're be given and there's nothing wrong with that but we should fucking have sorry i could swear on my own oh. podcast but we yes, should fucking can. have like support networks that help these people it's insane that people think otherwise just gets it just gets yeah. me really mad <laughs> you know and <laughs> oh, i'm yeah. glad that you're here with me because <laughs> i want people to know these stories and know that there are products and services that could potentially help them so i'm curious yeah. to hear from your um your mouth yourself like how <laughs> how did it how did you find it getting back into your sexiness like do, did you use toys or were there tools that helped <laughs> weed you know <laughs> what was it? i mean it's a fucking process totally and it's still i bet a process but um honestly like one of the biggest things has been just kind of like first and foremost like redefining like what I think like what sex is you know being I have only like I'm I'm a queer person like I'm queer I'm bisexual I have only ever had relationships with like straight relationships with cis men and um fuck what was my what was I saying I was yeah my we're getting back a into fucking pothead <laughs> we're getting back into our sexiness and I was curious whether that yes was we're getting back or, yeah yeah thank you sorry <laughs> <laughs> I like where it's um, going though <laughs> I mean um yeah it really like cannabis has obviously been a huge part of my healing with endo and I think you know, it helped to get me, like, not only does it help physically with the pain, but, like, I'm a fucking stoner, and I love to smoke joints, like, rip a bowl, whatever, like, I love smoking weed, I will never stop, but, you know, using it medically, and for sex has really helped me use it in a lot of different ways, so, like, you know, I make my own, like, oil and suppositories for, like, pelvic pain, and that sort of so it really has been like a gradual sort of there are building blocks like one I needed to shift my brain to be like okay sex does not equal penis in vagina like get that out of your head because Mm -hmm. when you're in a straight relationship that's kind of you know yeah totally anyway but yeah so that was a really big thing and then just like cannabis just really helped me to like get back into my body and you know I had gotten to this point like I was seeing a pelvic physiotherapist for a long time to deal with pain and things like that but um 
it made me realize that like I was so disconnected from my vagina my mm-hmm. vulva like I hadn't masturbated in I couldn't even tell you how long <laughs> like and totally. for me that's fucking outrageous yeah um but you know like when I was with my ex and we were in that position it was sort of so using cannabis to help with pain really kind of helped me to establish like not all touch down there is bad Mm. because you know like having painful sex for so many years you kind of like work up this like like not a resistance but your body like prepares yourself that it's going (laughs) to be painful so that would be considered like a a trauma for pain and the trauma of fear and like that's totally normal that's how our brains protect ourselves right so thanks for sharing that because i've heard it with other um patients as well for sure yeah and it's very common Mm -hmm. um you know my pelvic physiotherapist once told me that like the in because internal exams is part of that she once said that the inside of my vagina felt like someone who had been like brutally sexually assaulted because that's how like tight and Mm. like spaz like I don't know why the language but it just from being in like a constant state so like Mm -hmm. it took me a very long time to be okay with me touching myself let Mm. alone someone else um and so you know cannabis just like helps me get back into my body um in a big way and not only does it physically like allow me to enjoy sex but it also just gets me into like a nice groovy mood (laughs) Mm -hmm. i'm curious can you share with us a little bit about i just love this picture you're painting for us because there's so many of us that go through it but do you have any tips on what how using the suppositories in the very beginning after feeling that same way? Um, yeah, I mean, suppositories are a tricky one mm-hmm. sometimes just because like, depending on how you make them, you know, like it takes a lot of trial and error. <laughs> if you don't want to make like, them, we also sell them at Pleasure Peaks. Don't worry. <laughs> With applicators perfect. too. <laughs> Excellent. Um, yeah, I mean, like literally I like, yeah. So sometimes they'll like melt in my, you know, Mm -hmm. it's all part of the process. But, you know, I always find like putting, like putting one in kind of like 20 minutes or like half an hour before, if you know that you're going to have like sex, say with a partner or with somebody and you're like expecting penetration or potential pain, you know, start like getting ready for it ahead of time. So that kind of helps you get warmed up. And like, you know, I also really just love like a cannabis lube because like if I can rub it all over mm-hmm. <laughs> down there and like it helps a lot to like get yourself warmed up and, you know, excited. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, I tend to use suppositories mostly for like period pain and lube more so for like sex stuff, but it depends. Yeah. Like really depends on what I have, like what's handy. (laughs) Because there's different sexual experiences too. Like you mentioned, I think the suppositories are incredibly beneficial for penetration, 
but 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 at the same time you mentioned you know using it to warm up because you do Mm -hmm. want to make sure that it's there for like at least 15 minutes to a half an hour to truly absorb into the mucosa of the high mucosa of the vulva but when it comes to the lubricant that can also really help you just for prolonged relief too especially if you're having any issues with dryness and i love the our our lubricant because it doubles as a massage oil i too love to just get lubed up everywhere oh my god yeah (laughs) a thousand percent and just like you know and it's a nice way like if you're with a partner or fucking by yourself like I will do a nice little like ritual with myself pelvic Mm -hmm. massage lube and then I'm like oh look I'm ready to masturbate. <laughs> oh my God. Pelvic massages <laughs> with the suppositories are almost life-changing guys. Like, cause yeah. like cannabis and like a lot of the cannabinoids like CBD are known to really relax those pelvic floor muscles. So it mm-hmm. creates really those perfect concoction, relaxing the pelvic floor, you know, increasing sensitivity to touch, you know, um, a vasodilating effects where it dilates the blood flow to have more blood in the area. This is just like, the perfect concoction for squirting and orgasm like in true pleasure and honestly if you're having any issues with any of these barriers please try our products we'd love to help you um another thing is that our next question kind of is really cheeky and i'm so curious about this as well because you mentioned you're a bisexual babe like myself Uh, (laughs) i'm curious has cannabis affected your relationship in, in in terms of like sexuality I'm curious. Oh God, definitely. I mean, <laughs> I love the definitely. Well, I know. I'm like, where do I even begin? Um, it's like, it's so hard. Cause when I'm, when people are like, how has cannabis affected like this certain part of your life? I'm like, but it just, I don't That's know. Okay. Everything. I'll start. It's everything. It's everything because it, it like, I was, I spoke on a panel recently and we were talking about this. It just like, it makes you puts you in touch with your authentic self it like helps you just like you know not care and so for me you know that was like I'm in my early 30s now like when I was in my early 20s I was like had a crazy high sex drive I was masturbating all the time like you know whatever it might be it was like always something but that changed completely with endo and then you started like I had quit cannabis for a while so when I started using it again medically and for my endo that really just kind of helped me like meet myself again you know like Mm -hmm. I had lost so much of who I was from endo and you know I'd always been such a sexual person my whole life and then suddenly I was like staring down the barrel of this so cannabis kind of helped me be like no you fucking deserve pleasure and it like helps it helped me to get into my body and be like you know I'm no longer in a hetero relationship and you know I know like that that's a whole other thing but you know I've always (laughs) I've always been it's like one of those things you know like I made out with a girl before I made out with a guy. Like I knew I was queer, but I think it, it took like having the experience that I did with endo, like ruining my relationship, ruining Mm -hmm. my sex drive, you know, eventually like ending a relationship 
to make me kind of be like, holy fuck, I can do whatever I want. And weed makes me feel amazing. And the more I just started like leaning into that and, you know, cause everybody has these like, oh, when I'm high and like, I have stupid ideas or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, I always feel like when I, I don't know what I'm saying, but I always feel like when I'm high, I just know like who you are, who I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what I've been hearing from you. It, it was almost like an awakening. You're like, I knew this about myself, but like now I know this about myself, like your heart and yeah. your mind finally like switched. And I think that's what happens in a weird way. It's kind of weird to say that like you had an awakening with cannabis, but I feel like I've definitely had one sure. <laughs> multiple oh, times, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. it's a very spiritual plant in a way. And, you know, honestly, yeah. that doesn't get enough credit because yes, we love to get big. <laughs> yes, we love to get high and I mean, yeah. <laughs> have amazing orgasms, but at the same time, it could be so incredibly spiritual in the sense where mm-hmm. we can see ourselves for everything that we are. And when do we really yeah. get those opportunities, right? To be still, to be in the moment, to be present with our current emotions, wants, desires, yeah. needs, and to actually like be confronted with them. Because if you're ever big, you're like, yeah. oh, I'm freaking hungry. Like, those are my needs right now. Like, oh, I'm freaking yeah. horny. Like, <laughs> I need that right now. <laughs> or, you know, like, like, wow, like, I am so attracted to this person. Like, oh my God, you know, or like all mm. of these things are just a lot more apparent to us, I feel, because. Yeah in a way when we get high and it's so it's so weird to say this because like there's nothing scientific about this This is just just sharing my experiences of being high but when I feel like when I'm high my ego goes away it's like non-existent Mm. it's just like me and my natural wants and urges that come out and I give into them because they're not you know coming from anything that's negative or anything that's harmful they're coming out of like oh i just want to like do yoga cuz i want to like roll around or you know i just yeah. want to like get some candles and like put a nice bed together and like just masturbate on it like i just go Heck into yeah. my needs and i think that's just so beautiful that this plant mm-hmm. does for us in a way and it, you kind of like painted that picture for us um but i think it's so interesting on how it does that Yeah. And I think it's like, just to kind of go off a little bit what you said, I think one of the biggest things with like chronic pain and with people with endo is kind of, we spend so much time trying to like not feel our bodies Mm. to like get rid of pain, to stop this, to like not feel this, you know, to have the opposite of that and like have something that like gives you that ability to feel things beyond pain to like you know feel things like certain things on your skin or whatever it might be like it just especially when there's intentional use and you're not just kind of you know smoking to get high or smoking because or whatever consuming because it's there it's um yeah, it is a fucking spiritual experience. Hello. <laughs> it is this life that we live in, right, guys? Like, just got to yeah. get out of that rat race and, like, just hone in and be present for a moment. And if you can't, just get fucking high. <laughs> so I'm curious. Um, so I think, I think you kind of answered already. But the question mm-hmm. was, do you think cannabis makes people pleasure curious? Absolutely. Right? It, it goes, yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> so much of what you just said and it, it you know like just like the watching like the expression on someone's face or something you know mm. and like seeing people kind of like relax I think yeah it's it's true you find pleasure in a little bit of a yeah it's true I think like you find pleasure in areas that we might not have found pleasure in before it gets that creativity out right yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's the best guys so I'm curious With um, our listeners, you know, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of other endo endo patients as well that are curious. And, you know, when it comes to cannabis, there's still a huge stigma on it. A lot of people don't want to smoke because it's the devil's lettuce. It's mad reefer. (laughs) It's, you know, all of these things. And honestly, those things are fair. You know, those are systemic war on drugs, um, you know, mass production, campaigns to incarcerate so many different types of people of color it had nothing to do with the plant itself because this plant has shown to be incredibly effective at so many things whether that's textiles uh, medicine agriculture Um, this plant is coming back stronger than ever so with you being here with us uh, and sharing your story what are some things you would love to share with other endo warriors out there today yeah i mean when it especially when it comes to you know endo and sex like one Mm. whether you have been diagnosed or not diagnosed like don't ever stop you know pushing for yourself but also when it comes to sex like we deserve fucking pleasure (laughs) you know there's so much and this is problematic in itself there's so much in the endo like endometriosis is so tightly like interwoven with fertility issues and things like that so it's very easy for it to be reduced to like oh well if sex hurts then don't have sex kind of thing mm-hmm. you know and like that's not fucking okay like no we deserve to have sex yeah. and we pleasure and like the best thing that I think I can say to people is like don't ever sacrifice your own comfort for someone else you know if whether you're in a relationship or you're single you know what you need and what feels good and if you're you know exploring cannabis like especially now with legalization in Canada like there's just there's so many options Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for people, but I think the best thing that I can say is like, give it, like, try something that is most intri- intriguing to you. You know, if you're if smoking like terrifies you, like try some gummies or you know, get some. There's like a like what? Oh my god, I can't talk right now. <laughs> bath you know, salts, bath you know, salts, sublinguals. Yeah. There's so many cannabis Thank products you. out, which is crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everything. Yeah. Like soaking in a cannabis bath before, you know, mm. getting into a nice little sexy routine. Hello. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there's just a like 
any of them. Oh my God. I don't even know. I'm totally. <laughs> That's a great tip though. Just because we associate like sex with pain now doesn't mean that it's going to mean sex with pain forever. So thanks for sharing that tip. Yeah. Yeah. It's incredibly absolutely. important. Did you want yeah. to share um, the other work you're doing right now? Because I know you're working with a few foundations that I would love for you to plug if any of these needing, if any of these vulva carriers also need support as well. Absolutely. Um, so, I mean, right now, mainly, like, I um, work with the Endometriosis Network Canada. I run their blog. So my favorite thing is just, like, connecting with other endo peeps. I recently wrote, actually wrote a blog post for them about um, endo and sex um, <laughs> with some more tips and stuff so they could, you know, people can check that out if they want. But um, yeah, it's really amazing. And I'm working with um, a period underwear company in BC with, you know, that's just very all kind of focused on like reproductive and sexual health, um, which I love. And um, oh my God, what else am I doing? Oh, yeah, I'm going to be doing some like working on lots more sex like cannabis and sex writing and just like kind of related stuff in the next little while which I'm really excited about but um you know I think sex and endo is something that people just don't like you said people don't talk about and you know and even when I was in a relationship I talked about it even less mm. because it wasn't just me it was someone else who was involved mm -hmm. um and so, yeah, it became very different. But now that I'm single, um, it's kind of my <laughs> it's own It's like it's again. mine. <laughs> totally. It is. It's, it's like, I don't know how else to say that. I love it. <laughs> like, yeah, anyway. But, um, yeah, it is mine. My sexuality is for me only now. And um, I think that, I mean, that's fucking essential advice for anyone not just people with endo but like spend time with yourself understand you know if nobody knows your body better than you do you know I have spent a lot of time trying different things like yeah <laughs> so many different like lubes suppositories creams blah 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 positions communicating you know communicating is the biggest thing especially if you have a partner because you know as I am living proof it can eat away at relationships and destroy them mm -hmm. um, but once you really just start giving a shit about you and only you that's when for me that's when I really was like okay no this like my sexuality is mine and I'm the one who gets to decide it and you know and that to me was like the biggest thing I think and you know cannabis gave me a lot of control like over my health in regard to like pain management and endo and stuff and it also just kind of gave me total control over my sexuality <laughs> in a way too you know which is kind of awesome it kind of gave you yeah. your life back full wholeheartedly oh, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> i love it this has been such an amazing podcast this is not yeah. the last time you're gonna hear maya pleasure peaks my mind is going off we have to have her way more yes. so we'll keep Please. in tune for sure so we're coming up okay. to our last few questions um 
what, what I have to ask you and what we ask all of our guests are what is your favorite strain and why? <laughs> okay. I'm going to go with two for right now mm. because I have to. Um, one of my favorite sativa, like kind of daytime um, right now is Delta 9 Headbanger. Yeah. Um, oh my God. It's, I just <laughs> love it. Um, especially like as a writer and like, you know, for creativity and shit. Um, mm. But as far as like kind of, endo and pain and like sex I love I'm a classic pink kush gal like I can't I just (laughs) it just makes my body feel so lovely (laughs) and like agreed I think it's honestly one of the best genetics of all time of all time it has to be at least in a top five top ten I don't care I'm not gonna argue it yeah it has to be one of the greatest genetics of all time um a thousand percent it's such like a philosophical high you can smoke it at any point of the day like even though it is an indica if you smoke it first thing in the morning you will have some very spiritual revelations (laughs) (laughs) I feel sounds like personal experience I love it I oh definitely one of my favorite strains as well so I'm, I'm glad that you picked it all right so where can our listeners find you what is your instagram handles plugins where can we find you maya fuck yeah i am i really suck at twitter so like (laughs) ignore that but find me on instagram at haya.maya um and like there they can find everything else because it's just easiest um you can find me on the endometriosis network blog um soon on a few other places but that's definitely the easiest spot um and my i can give my website too that you can leave in the um in the notes but yeah Mm -hmm. i love new friends especially new weed friends new sexy friends (laughs) yes thank you so much maya this has been wonderful thanks for sharing your story on endometriosis it's incredibly powerful these stories don't get amplified enough unfortunately sex is still too taboo for some people (laughs) and you know we're here to fuck it yeah we're here to pop the lid right off so thanks so much for joining us keep into it and happy endometriosis Metriosis Awareness Month. I challenge you, share this with five friends of your five vulva carriers. We should all acknowledge what these things are. If you know a friend that's suffering, this might just be the one. You know, Maya found out from a glamour mag. <laughs> you just never know. We're exactly sexual health education. Mm, you know, that's always so questionable. So we gotta take it into our own account. So thank you. Without a doubt. Stay tuned and see you so next much. time. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>